Welcome to Main Menu for the week of January 24 to January 30, 2014. I'm your host, David Tanner, and we are very pleased to have you with us here on Main Menu today. Whether you are a returning listener or you are a new listener, we are grateful to have you with us this week here on Main Menu, and we have quite a show lined up for you. It's a very jam-packed show. We understand that there are quite a few new users of iDevices out there and you are looking for information on how to use your device, all the gestures you need and so forth in order to use that new iDevice. And we have David Woodbridge who is an absolute expert on iDevices and on the different gestures and so forth you need and David is going to go through a demonstration of virtually all of the gestures that you need to use with your new iDevice to get it working for you and he will go through those and what they are and how you use them and what they do and then we have Rebecca Skipper is coming to talk to you and show you how to change print math and convert it into Nemeth Braille math and if you are a student that could be particularly helpful for you and Rebecca will show you of what the software is you need and how to use that software and even where to get that software on the internet and demonstrate how to use it and particularly if you are a person that happens to have the Braille Note Apex latest version with the latest software installed you'll be glad to know that you can use the files that you created out of this software in your apex and that could be a real help for you in your math classes that's what we have for you today here on main menu we're going to get right into the show now you have a great week and we'll see you back here again next week on main menu If you're interested in providing feedback about Main Menu, chatting with all of the members of the Main Menu staff, and be able to communicate with a large number of Main Menu's listeners, you might wish to subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list. To subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list, you can send an email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. You can also participate in conversation about Main Menu on Twitter by following at Main Menu or visiting our Twitter page at www.twitter.com slash Main Menu. Welcome to this demonstration of a review of the iOS gestures for voiceover, which of course can be used on your iPhone, iPod Touch or iPad. And in this demonstration, I will be running through most of the voiceover gestures. In this demo, I'll actually be using my iPhone, but as I just said, it's relevant to the iPod Touch and the iPad as well. So I've currently got my iPhone turned on, 
voiceover is running. I've unlocked my phone and I'm currently sitting at the home screen that contains all the icons or apps or applications that allow you to use the iPhone fully. So the first voiceover gesture that I always like to let people know about now is the four finger double tap on the screen. So four fingers twice. Starting help. To stop help, perform a four finger double tap or two finger scrub or press escape on the keyboard. Okay, so I can do a four finger double tap again to come out of help. I can do a two finger scrub, which is two fingers side to side, like you're drawing a Z almost. Or if I'm using a Bluetooth keyboard, I could press the escape key on the Bluetooth keyboard. So I'm just gonna show you quickly for the main voiceover just as I show you in real time, just using the help mode. So if I touch the screen with one finger. Touch, select item under your finger. That's select item under your finger. If I flick to the right with one finger. Flick right, move to next item. That's move to next item. If I flick to the left with one finger. Flick left, move to previous item. That's move to previous item. Or if I do a one finger double tap. Double tap, activates the selected item. That's activates the selected item. And they're the basic voiceover gestures for getting around the screen or in an application. So let me come out of voiceover practice by again doing the four finger double tap. Four finger double tap, start voiceover help, stopping help. Okay, and we're back to the initial home screen that I was on when I started. Okay, so as the help said, touch on the screen with one finger. Weather, double tap to open. Okay, so that's the weather application. Or if I do one finger flick to the right. Clock, double tap to open. Moves to the next item on the screen. So one finger flick right was moved to the next item. One finger flick back to the left. Weather. Double tap to open. Was moved back to the previous item. And literally on the home screen or in an app, you can flick right to go from the top left hand side of the screen across and down and across and down to get to the bottom right hand side of the screen. Or you can one finger flick left from the bottom right hand side of the screen, left and up, left and up until you get up to the top left-hand side of the screen. And of course, not only can you touch, but you can also drag your finger around the screen. So if I touch again on the weather application. Weather, double tap to open. And I've still got my finger on the screen. If I drag my finger to the right. Clock, double tap to open. Okay, I've still got my finger on the screen. If I drag my finger down. Reminders, double tap to open. Drag my finger back up again. Clock. Double tap to open. Drag my finger over to the left. Weather. Double tap to open. I can also move around that way as well besides touching directly with one finger. So take my finger off. And then of course it was one finger double tap to activate an item. So if I do that now. Weather. Niagara Park. Showers. 22 degrees. Wednesday. High 28. Low 23. Double tap to show detailed information. Okay, I've actually opened up and I could start navigating the weather app in this case. To exit an application, of course, it's pressing the home button, which is the round button at the bottom of the screen. Press that once. Home, weather, double tap to open. And I'm back to the home screen, back to the app that I originally used in this case, which was the weather application. If I want to scroll the screen left or right or up or down, it's a three finger flick up the screen to scroll the screen down, or a three finger flick down to scroll the screen up. Or if I want to move left and right, it's a three finger flick left 
to scroll the screen to the right or a three finger flick to the right to scroll the screen left. Now because on this initial home screen I can't scroll up or down, to move between pages however I can do a three finger flick left to scroll or move to the second page of home icons that I've got that I've currently got on my iPhone. So I'll do that now. Three finger flick to the left across the screen. Extras folder, three apps. Okay, so I'm now on my second screen of apps. And to get back to the previous screen, I can do a three finger flick to the right. Page one of three, messages. Double tap to open. And I'm back to the first home screen. In this case, I'm on the messages icon, which is the top left hand icon on the home screen. If I do another three finger flick to the left again to move to the second screen again to the right. Page two of three. Extras folder. Three apps. Double tap to open. I can also press the home button again down the bottom to return to the main home screen. Home. Messages. Double tap to open. So besides moving left and right and up and down and so on, I can also control very specific items to read by using what's called the voiceover rotor. And the voiceover rotor is basically like turning a dial with two fingers. So I normally put my fingers at nine and three and rotate them as if I was turning a clock and you can do it clockwise or anti-clockwise. So for example, if I put two fingers on the screen at nine and three, and I'm gonna rotate it. So my left finger's going to 10, my right finger's going to four. Characters. Okay, I'm now on characters. If I do a two finger rotate again, so fingers at 9 and 3, going to 10 and 4. Words. I'm now on words. If I go anti-clockwise in this case, so two fingers on the screen, my right finger going to 2, my left finger going to 8. Characters. I'm now on characters. So now if I do a one finger flick down. Capital M. Capital M. Mike. And I'm going to keep flicking down with one finger. E. S. S. A. G. E. S. Sierra. Okay, I've just spelt out, in this case, character by character, the name for the messages icon. And when I paused at M and S, you also heard voiceover say the phonetic spelling for that character. So M for Mike and S for Safari. So now if I do a one finger flick back up again, I'm going to move back or to the previous, in this case, character. S E G A S S E capital M. Mike. And I'm back to the beginning. Now you might have noticed when I went back over the S, it said S again. That's because when you move by voiceover, the cursor is always to the right of the last thing spoken, or always to the left of the last thing spoken if you're moving to the left. So that's why it said S twice, because I was moving forward to the next over the S, and then when I moved back to the previous or left, it said S again because the cursor was then between the S and the E. And I'll talk about the rotor a little bit more later on in this demonstration. Now if I want voiceover to stop speaking the current item, I can just do a two finger touch on the screen. So I'm going to touch on the calendar app because it's got more information after it. Calendar. Okay, and I've just paused it with a two finger touch. If I do a two finger touch again. Thursday, the 2nd of January. Okay. Double tap to open. Of course, if I was also using another gesture, it would also cancel out that rest of that speech as well. Now, if you wanted to read from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen, 
whether on the home screen or an application. It's a two-finger flick up the screen. So I did that now. Two-finger flick up the screen. Messages. Calendar. Thursday, the 2nd of January. Photos. Camera. Weather. Clock. Maps. Videos. And I'll do a two-finger touch to stop it reading. Or if I want to actually start it reading from where I've touched the screen or where I've stopped the speech to the bottom of the screen, it's a two-finger flick down. So just to make it clear, I'm just going to touch towards the bottom of my screen. Settings. And now on settings. Double tap to open. And then I'm going to do a two-finger flick down to start it reading from just settings to the bottom of the screen. Settings. Page one of three. Adjustable. Phone. One new item. Mail. Eight and red messages. Safari. Music. Okay, and that boink noise was across the bottom of the screen. Now remember when I went into the voiceover practice with a four-finger double tap, it said I could also exit voiceover practice by doing a two-finger scrub on the screen. Now to show you that, I'm just going to go into settings. So I'm just going to touch on settings. Settings. Double tap to open. Yeah, one finger double tap to open. Settings. And I'm just going to do one finger flick to the right to move item by item. Airplane mode. Off. Wi-Fi. Not connected. Button. Okay, so I'm going to go into Wi-Fi at the moment. One finger double tap. Select Wi-Fi. Settings. Back button. Now you heard it say back button. So if I did a one finger double tap now that's in focus, it would go back to the previous screen. But if I touch towards the middle of the screen. Textbo. Secure. Signal strength 74%. Double tap to join the network. I've now come away from that back button. So now if I do a two-finger scrub, so basically my two fingers are going to go right, left, and then right again, scrubbing on the screen. Settings. Heading. Okay, so I've gone back to the previous screen. So if I do one finger flick to the right again. Airplane mode. Wi-Fi. Not connected. Button. That's where it was previously. Okay, so that's the scrub. Now while I'm in here, I can actually scroll the screen up and down. So let me do a three-finger flick up the screen. Rose 8 to 19 of 58. Okay, so scroll the screen down if I do it again. Rows 18 to 30 of 58. And scroll again. Rows 28 to 39 of 58. Okay, so as you can tell, the numbers are getting bigger. Or if I do a three-finger flick down to scroll the screen up. Rows 18 to 30 of 58. Rows 8 to 19 of 58. Rows 1 to 9 of 58. And if I want to check what's currently in view on the screen, if I just do a three-finger touch on the screen. Rows 1 to 9 of 58. Okay, Top of screen. Rows 1 to 9 of 58 and on top of the screen. So that three finger touch is quite good to see what's currently visible on the screen. So I'm going to press the home button again to go back to the main home screen. Home. Settings. Double tap to open. Now while I'm talking about three finger gestures, if I do a three finger double tap, so three fingers twice on the screen. Speech off. I've muted the speech, but if I flick, I've still got the voiceover gestures running, there's just that there's no speech. So to put speech back on again, it's a three finger double tap again to turn speech back on. So three fingers twice. Speech on. And I've turned speech back on again, so I flick to the right. Page one of three. Settings. Double tap to open. And now if I do a three finger triple tap, so three fingers three times, one, two, three. Screen curtain on. I've turned on screen curtain, which actually blanks the screen for privacy so that a person with vision can't see what you're doing on the iPhone screen. So if I do a three finger triple tap again. Screen curtain off. I've taken the screen curtain off. Now if you happen to want to do 
a further fancier gesture. And this is good for when you've heard voiceover say a phone number, an address, a credit card number, a hyperlink, etc. If you want to copy to the clipboard and paste it somewhere else, the last thing that voiceover said, three fingers, four times. So I might touch on calendar. Calendar. Thursday, the 2nd of January. Double tap to open. Okay, so voiceover just said calendar, the 2nd of January, double tap to open. So now if I do my three fingers four times, so one, two, three, four. Calendar, Thursday, the 2nd of January, double tap to open, copy to pasteboard. Okay, and of course, if I then use that rotor to cycle around to edit, and then I did a one finger flick up and down to paste, and a one finger double tap on paste, it would paste what it just copied into another app, such as notes, etc. Now, leaving the three finger bit alone for the moment, let me jump back to two fingers. So remember when I said with two fingers you could start and stop the speech talking. So if I do that again on calendar. Calendar. I'll stop the talking with two fingers. If I touch it again with two fingers. Thursday, the 2nd of January. Double tap to open. Okay, it keeps reading after I've paused it. Or if I went into another gesture, it would actually blank out that particular spoken text anyway. If you do a two finger double tap, it will start and stop a video playing, start and stop music, or answer an incoming call, or hang up an existing phone call as well. So if I do a two-finger double tap now. Okay, that's the ocean playing from the album I've got a bit of relaxation. And now if I do another two-finger double tap, I'll stop the music playing in this case. So if I had an incoming phone call coming in, that would actually answer or hang up the phone call as well. Now voiceover Mac users will be used to this next two finger gesture, the item chooser for the current screen, whether in a home screen or you're in an application. So if I do two fingers three times, one, two, three. Item chooser, 22 items, heading. Okay, so if I do one finger flick to the right, Search field, table index, adjustable, app store, calendar, Thursday, the 2nd of January, camera, okay, top of screen. It, okay, all it's done really is put everything in alphabetical order that you can then drag your finger around or one finger flick left and right to get to and then one finger double tap to access it. So let me touch an item on the screen here in the item chooser. Mail, eight and red messages, bottom of screen. So let me do one finger double tap on mail. Mail, 11 and red messages. I've actually tap to open. the mail icon at the bottom of the screen. So if I flick to the right. Safari. There's Safari. Double tap to open. I flick back to the left. Mail, mail. phone, one new phone. item. Double tap to open. Okay, let me just do it again quickly so it makes sense to you. So two fingers three times, one, two, three. Newsstand. Now this time I'm gonna try and find messages. Calendar. Camera, clock, compass, game sent, iTunes, mail, maps, messages, top of screen. And you can also hear voiceover say where that icon is on the screen, which is quite handy for orientation. So if I do a one finger double tap now. Messages. Double tap to open. I'm now on the messages icon, so if I try and flick back to the left, I'm at the top of the screen. If I flick to the right. Calendar. Thursday, the 2nd of January. Double tap to open. 
there's the next icon and I can keep flicking to the right to go across and down and so on to the bottom of the screen. So item two is, a, is quite handy. Now the final two finger gesture I want to show you is if you want to rename or add a label to an icon you can do a two finger double tap and hold on an icon or a button etc. So for example let me go and touch on the phone icon in the bottom here. Phone, one new item double tap to open. And I'll do a two finger double tap and hold. So two fingers and hold. Alert, label element, text field, is editing, character mode, phone. Okay, so it currently says phone. I could type in a new label with the on-screen keyboard and then touch towards the bottom of the screen. Done. On done and double tap. Messages. And of course, double tap moment, to open. I touch phone. Phone. One new item. On side, I haven't changed it. Double tap to open. But if you had an, an app that just said button and you knew it was a forward button or a play button, that's how you could label it. So just rather than saying button, you could have it say play, next, pause, etc. Now another really interesting and another really good one that you might want to use is the one finger double tap and hold. So let me go to the second page. Extras folder, three apps. Double tap to open. And of course I did a three finger flick to the left to scroll the screen to the right to get to the second page. Now I touch towards the bottom of the screen onto the phone icon. Phone, one new item. Double tap to open. And I'm going to flick back with one finger to the left. Page two of three. Audible. Double tap to open. Now that's a web address that I've copied to my home screen. But if I do a one finger double tap and hold now. Moving audible. What this now does, it allows me to actually move it by dragging my finger around the screen to another column row coordinate or dropping it on an icon or in a folder by just taking my finger off when I've heard the voiceover stroke iPhone go bleep 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 at me. Or I can do a one finger double tap on an icon and instead of activating it, it will remove it. So let me just check around. I'm just going to do one finger flick to the left. ITC mobile is editing. Right. Audible is editing. Character mode. Double tap to delete. And the voiceover says double tap to delete. So if I double tap with one finger now. Delete icon. Okay, delete icon, one finger flick to the right. Are you sure you want to delete the bookmark audible? And I don't want to delete the bookmark audible for the moment. Delete button. So I'm flicking to the right. Cancel. Button. One finger double tap on cancel. Extras folder is editing. Character mode. Three apps. Double tap and hold to move. So you heard it say double tap and hold to move. So at the top of my screen I've got a bookmarks folder. And I want to put the Audible app in there. So I come back down to find the Audible down the bottom. Audible yeah. is editing. One finger Character mode. Hold. Moving Audible. And it says moving Audible. And I'm going to tap my, drag my finger up the screen. On reference folder. On special folder. On instruments folder, on books folder. So I'm on books, and I think if I go to the right. Row 1, column 3. On bookmarks folder, opening bookmarks folder. And you hit the bleep, take my finger off, and I've dropped the audible bookmark or URL web address into my bookmarks folder. Now if I touch the screen again. Bookmarks folder is editing, character mode, 10 apps. Double tap and hold to move. So I know editing mode is still on, so if I just press the home button once. Bookmarks folder, 10 apps. I've come out of the editing mode. So if I flick to the left. Books folder, 5 apps. Finger, of course. Double tap to open. 
It's now saying double tap to open rather than double tap to move or delete. Okay, so let me just press my home button to go back to the main home screen again. Home, messages. Double tap to open. Now you might be wondering, it's fine to drag your finger around, touch on the screen with one finger, or flick left and right to move by item by item. But if you want to jump to the top leftmost item on the screen, or the bottom rightmost item on the screen, you can just do a four finger tap towards the top, or a four finger tap on the bottom to move to the bottom. So if I do that now, four finger touch at the top of the screen. Messages. Jump to messages. If I do a four finger touch at the bottom of the screen. Music. I've jumped the voiceover cursor to the bottom of the screen. Now before I move on to some iOS general gestures, I just want to take you into the voiceover settings itself to show you some of the items that you can turn on and off in the rotor. Quick way to do it, of course, is to use Siri. So I'm just going to hold down the home button and say accessibility settings. Accessibility settings. Let's take a look at the settings for accessibility. Settings, accessibility, increase contrast, off button. Okay, so I'm now in accessibility settings. Otherwise, we could have one finger double tapped on settings, flicked down or dragged a finger down to general, one finger double tap. Again, flick around with one finger left and right or drag your finger around to find accessibility settings and then one finger double tap again, which is why Siri is a little bit faster. Okay, so let me touch towards the top of the screen. General, back button. And one finger flick to the right. Accessibility, heading, vision, heading, voiceover, on, button. Okay, it says voiceover is currently on. One finger double tap to go into the panel. Voiceover, accessibility, back button. Let me flick down to the rotor settings. Voiceover, heading, voiceover. On. VoiceOver speaks items on the screen. Tap once to select an item. Double tap to activate the selected item. Swipe three fingers to scroll. VoiceOver practice button. Okay, that's the VoiceOver practice that I did the four finger double tap for. Speaking rate, heading, speaking rate, 20%, adjustable. Swipe up or down with one finger to adjust the value. Okay, of course that's the speaking rate. Speak hints, on. Double tap to toggle setting. Speak hints is currently on. You know, at the moment, I'm just going to turn that off before I get to the rotor. One finger double tap. Speak hints off. So now when I move to an item now, I won't get voiceover saying double tap or swipe up and down with one finger, etc. now. So one finger flick to the right. Use pitch change on. Use sound effects on. Use compact voice off. Braille button. Rotor button. And here's the rotor. So one finger double tap. Rotor. Voiceover. Back button. Now, I won't go through all of these things that you can turn on and off in the rotor, but here's a few. So if I do one finger flick to the right. Rotor, heading, selected, handwriting. So it says selected handwriting, and that's off by default. So if you want to use the handwriting mode, which I'll just show you quickly in a minute, you need to double tap it to bring it up to selected in your rotor. So if I do one finger flick to the right again. Reorder handwriting, button, just draggable, list. selected, characters. Characters. Reorder characters, button, selected, words. That's words. Reorder words. And of course, to get back to the home screen, I just press the home button in the bottom. Home. Messages. Okay, so no further double tap to open now because I've got the hints turned off. So now if I do a two-finger rotate on my rotor. Handwriting. Lowercase. is handwriting. So now I can actually print letters on the screen. I wonder at the home screen, every time I write a letter, it's going to match it to the apps that actually match that. So for example, if I want to get to the Cricut application, 
I can draw a C on the screen. C, 11 apps, calculator. So it's found 11 apps to start with C. Now if I draw an R. R, one app, cricket. Here's cricket, and of course if I do a one finger double tap. Opening cricket. Your comprehensive car insurance with the drive less, pay less. Okay, discount. I've opened up the cricket application, which is currently doing an ad. So if I do a two finger double tap. Of course, that stops the audio playing, because remember, the two-finger double tap starts and stops music and or audio, plus the two-finger double tap for video and hanging up and answering your phone call. Okay, so let me press the home button and go back to the home screen. Home. Messages. Now, if you don't want to use handwriting mode, you can just rotate past it to get to the other rotor items. Remember, the rotor items control, besides handwriting, what happens when you do a one-finger flick up and down. So I'm going to do a two-finger rotate now. Handwriting, lowercase. This is handwriting mode in lowercase. So each time now, I'm just going to do a two-finger rotate on the screen. Words. There's words. Headings. Headings. Speech rate. Speech rate. So I flick up with one finger. 25%. Flick down with one finger. 20%. Volume. That's volume. Sounds. Sounds. And they're the clicks. So if I do one finger flick down. Sounds. Off. I won't get voiceover clicking on the screen in my phone annoys you. So one finger flick up. Sounds. On. Now remember, I've added some of these to the rotor, so they may not be in yours by default. You would need to go into Settings, General Accessibility VoiceOver Rotor, and select the ones that you want on, or turn off the ones that you don't want. So next one. Hints. There's hints, so I can actually turn hints back on. I can do one finger flick up. Hints enabled. So I've re-enabled it. One finger flick down. Hints disabled. I've disabled it. So next item. Containers. Containers. I'm not going to explain what that is at the moment, but it's a way to actually navigate parts of the screen with flicking up and down. Language. Language. So I've currently got a few language voices installed. So if I do one finger flick up. Australian English. U.S. English. South African English. Irish English. British English. Default language. Australian English. Okay, I'm back to Australia. So next item. Characters. And I'm back to characters. Okay, so... Let me just check where I am on the screen. I'm going to touch my screen again. Messages. And let me just show you a few of the iOS gestures itself. So to bring up Spotlight, which allows you to search on the device itself, or in Safari, or in Wikipedia, etc. If I touch an icon on the screen... So messages. Can, so messages. And I do a three-finger flick down. Search field is editing. Character mode. Search iPhone. Okay, I've brought up the Spotlight function. So if I touch the screen, if I want to search for Pure... Touch on P. 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 Okay, so I've currently put in P. Now, when you're using the rotor and depending on what you're in, other items will come up on the rotor. So, for example, now that I'm in... Top search result, music, pure imagination, from Willy Wonka <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory. Thank you. Just completed the search for P for me on my iPhone. For pure imagination, Willy, and the, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But as I was saying... When you, in this particular case, on an edit field, one of the items that will come up in the rotor is typing mode, because by default, you're on standard typing. So if I do a two-finger rotate around to where it says typing. Handwriting, words, headings, speech rate, volume, sounds, hints, containers, edit, typing mode. Okay, and you also said, and you also heard it say edit as well, because I'm now in an edit field. So I remember when I said you could paste the last thing that voiceover said with the three finger four tap, so four fingers three times, to copy the last item spoke by voiceover to the clipboard. This is where you would use the edit function to paste it into an edit field. So I'm on typing at the moment. If I do one finger flick down. Standard typing, 
I'm now in standard typing, which is the default for voiceover. So if I find U for pure imagination, U. I can take my finger off. It's not going to put anything in because in standard typing mode, I have to one finger double tap. So I'll do that now. One finger double tap. U. So I've now put in P and U. If I want to get back to touch typing rather than standard typing, I'm still on the rotor in the typing mode. One finger flick down. Touch typing. Back on touch typing. So now if I come back to the R for pure imagination. R. Take my finger off. R. Top search result. Music. Pure imagination. From Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Featuring jewelry. Froggy Frog versus Axel F. Krause ringtone. Ford. 19 items found. Okay, and of course I can now just press my home button because I don't want to actually access any of those. If I wanted to, I could just access them with dragging my finger around and then one finger double tapping on them or flick left and right to find an item and one finger double tap as well. I don't want to do that at the moment. I'm just going to press the home button to go back to the home screen. Settings. Okay, so that's how to bring up Spotlight. To read the status line, if I take my finger to the top of the iPhone in this case, take my finger down slowly. 3.23 p.m status bar item that's the status bar and if i flick to the left with one finger sync in progress 4g telstra mobile network four of five bars signal strength okay if i flick to the right telstra mobile network 4g sync in progress 324 pm orientation locked location tracking on alarm set bluetooth on 74 percent battery power charging personal hotspot three connections Okay, and that's my status bar. Now, if I try and go past that with flicking to the right, or if I try to flick to the left to go back to the beginning and keep going, I can't move out of the status line. I have to touch another part of the screen like this. Notes. Okay, and now I can flick right. Reminders. Stocks. I'll flick back to the left. Reminders. Notes. Etc. Okay, so when you've touched the status line, one finger flick left or right will just move you inside the status line area. Now, to get into the control center and the notification center, that's both available from the status bar. So let me touch on the status bar again at the top. 3.24 p.m. Status bar item. If I do a three-finger flick up. Control center. Airplane mode. Off. I've brought up the control center where you can actually turn things on and off quickly, such as airplane mode, Bluetooth, airplane mode, etc. Okay, so I'm going to press the home button to come out of there. And it's not going to say anything, but I'm going to touch the screen again. Weather. Clock. Notes. Reminders. Weather. Clock weather. Okay, and I'm back to an icon on the home screen. So let me touch the top of the screen again on the status line. Orientation locked. St 3.25 p.m. Status bar item. And if I do a three-finger flick down this time. Notification sent. Selected. Today. Button. One of three. Brought up the notification center. And that gives you such things as missed calls, missed messages, or other notifications from your apps. And of course, you navigate them in the same way you can with your home screen, the app screens, or the control center, drag your finger around, flick left and right with one finger, and one finger double tap to activate a particular item if you wish. And of course, the home button comes back out of that screen as well. Messages. Back to the home screen. And to bring up the app switcher, it's the home button twice. So if I do home button twice, one, two. App switcher, home. And if I flick to the right. Cricket, running. I could do a three finger flick up now. Closing Cricket. Settings. And running. I'll just close the Cricket app. And as usual, because I'm now in a new function on the app switcher, the rotor has got more options in it. I'm now on an action item in the rotor. So if I do one finger flick up. Close settings. 
That's close. That's a three finger flick up. One more, f- one finger flick up. Activate item, or default activate action. Item, which is actually a default item. So let me just flick to the right. Weather, running. Flick back to the left. Settings, running. And if I do one finger double tap as it said. Settings. I've now gone into settings. So I'm going to press the home button once to come out of settings. Home, messages, one and red message. App switcher, home. One finger flick to the right. Settings, running. So I can either do a three finger flick up to close it, a one finger double tap to open it, or if I want to use the rotor function, one finger flick up to either activate item and close, and then a one finger double tap on either one of those two options. Okay, so I'm going to press the home button and come out of the app switcher. Messages. One and red message. Now since we like to make phone calls in our iPhones, if I touch on the phone icon down the bottom of 10 side. Phone. One new item. Now remember I can always flick left and right or drag my finger around to find these icons because I know where they're on the screen. I'm just going to touch straight there. One finger double tap. Phone. One. Okay, now I might, I want to make sure the on-screen keyboard's on the screen. So if I come down the bottom. Favorites, tab, one of five. Flip to the right. Recents, Recent. one item, contacts, Context. tab, selected, keypad, tab, four of five. And keypad's already selected. Okay, so if I touch on the screen in the middle. Five. There's five. So I'm going to do one, one, nine, nine. So I drag my finger up into the left. Two, one. Take my finger off. One. 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 Bring it down again and up again. One. Now, because I've got a keyboard on the screen as well, I've got typing mode again. So if I do a two-finger rotate. Headings, words, character, language, typing mode. Okay, so I've got our typing mode again. So one finger flick down. Standard typing. Standard typing. So I've just done one, one by just putting my finger on the number and taking it off. And if I find the nine. Nine. Okay, it hasn't activated on taking my finger off because I'm in now in standard typing. One finger double tap. Nine. Let's put the nine in. And now if I want to be really clever, I'm going to do a two finger rotate. Handwriting. Numbers. Handwriting mode. It automatically says numbers because it knows I'm in a number field. And I'm going to draw a four. Four. Just to be clever. It's going to come out of handwriting mode by doing a two finger rotate. Language. Touch towards the top of the screen above the on screen keyboard. Phone number. One, one, nine. Four. If I come back to the main keyboard screen. Eight. Come below eight. Zero. Zero. Call. Button. One finger double tap. Should call the time in Australia. At the third stroke, it will be three, thirty, four, and thirty seconds. Okay. And of course to hang up, two finger double tap. And of course to come out of the phone app, as with all other applications, I just press the home. Messages. One and red message. And I'm back to the main home screen. And of course, to lock the iPhone, I press the power button at the top of the iPhone. Screen locked. Okay. And to unlock it, I press the power button again. 3.35 p.m. Come down to the home button. Come up a little bit. Unlock. One button. Double tap on unlock. Unlock. Passcode field. Zero values. Now I've got a passcode on my iPhone. So this is for demo purposes. One. One. Two. Seven. Nine messages. One and red message. Okay, and of course I can now reel up my iPhone. Screen locked. And that concludes this demonstration of a run-through of most of the iOS voiceover gestures that you can use on your iPhone, iPod Touch, or iPad. And as usual, thanks for listening and bye for now. Main menu.
I'm Rebecca. I'm going to be demonstrating how you can convert a page containing math and text into Nimbus code using Empty Reader and Chatty Empty. Now, if you're not familiar with these programs, Empty Reader is the only OCR or optical character recognition program for math and science notation and chatty which is spelled c-h-a-t-t-y-i-n-f-t-y chatty empty is the only accessible math editor so far that works in Windows 7 and Windows XP and Vista now all these programs along with a free math editor called Empty Editor were developed and are still being developed by a group in Japan affiliated with the Empty, that's I-N-F-T-Y project. The website is empty, I-N-F-T-Y, project.org. Once you create an accessible file that can be read and edited in one of the editors. You can also convert it into various formats including Microsoft Word as an XML file or MassML. I have demonstration versions of the software I mentioned extruding empty editor and I also have Duxbury so I'm going to first open up empty reader now I'm presented with a purchase button. Tab registration button to activate. Registration. Tab trial or cancel button to activate. Trial or cancel. I mean, I obviously run the trial version. Space empty red dialog. Do you wish to run the program in the trial mode? In the trial mode, the recognition is limited to one page each time and five pages per day. Yes button to activate. Press space bar. Alt plus Y. Now in this case I'm going to select the file button. I'm looking for sample1.tif and before I continue I should let you know that you can scan documents directly into empty reader but if you do you need to keep it at 600 or 400 dots per inch 600 being preferable black and white binary images no color or grayscale images this is what it says on the website so meanwhile now I'm back at the document selection I'm going to select the sample one dot tif this page can be displayed dash internet all tab desktop all tab empty reader file button to activate tab folder button to add tab scan button to activate press tab read only edit see colon backslash users backslash under backslash documents backslash sample one dot use your reading keys no what just happened there is I have an output box that tells me what the file name is tab language language combo box English two of two language is English zero keys tab image by 600 by radio button checked one tab math level all math symbols radio button checked one of two to change the selection press up or down arrow Okay, the two boxes we just heard there are image, it's 600 to 400 dpi is what you need, and you can change the math level, so if you know it's only high school math or higher level math, that supposedly improves the 
image quality. Now the output file name, you notice it kept the original file name with the extension of IML. IML is a default empty editor file. Whether you're using the accessible chatty empty or you're using empty editor. Tab, browse button to activate tab, output file format, IML radio button check, 105, to change the selection, press upper down arrow. Now, I'm going to leave it at IML, but I'll show you the other options you have here as well. Output file format, LATX radio button check, 205, to change um, the which is a special scientific notation. Output file format, HR-TX radio button check, 305, Human readable text, TX rather, is a more accessible version of the latex code, from what I understand. You can convert this to XHTML or MathML. This is supposed to be the same format that you can use when you're browsing the web and you see math pages. Output file format Microsoft Word 2007 left parent XML right parent radio button check 505. Now, you can convert the image into Microsoft Word as an XML file. If you do this, what you'll get is equations that will look similar to what you're familiar with with math type or words equation editor. So it's not a .doc file, it's XML. For the purposes of this demonstration, what you need is latex. First, I will convert it to IML so that you can get an idea of how chatty empty works. So let's go ahead and change it to IML. Output file format, LATX radio, output file format, IML radio button check, tab, set new link code at the end, tab, open result file by the related application, no radio button check, to change selection, press up open file by the related application. I say you should select this and see if it'll work on your system, but it doesn't work for me in either Windows 7 or 8. Now, the IML file Again, it's a default, and if you were to check this box, it would open directly into Empty Editor or Chatty Empty. Tab, start OCR button to activate. Press now we are at the Start OCR button, space. and I hit Space. Convert Documents. You hear Jaws say Convert Documents. That is a clue that it's finished, so I'm going to do the Exit button. Tab, exit button to space. Now we're going to open up Chatty Empty. Windows M, Desktop, C, Computer, Chat, C, Chatty Empty, Left Parent, Zombie, Fire, Enter. This is your standard open dialog box. System access sample one dot Sample one dot IML. I know Microsoft Anna is hard to understand sometimes. Three hundred ninety-eight return. I'm going to use the down arrow so you can hear this. The author of the project, or one of them, I should say. Italic proof, italic end. Long hyphen, we have Q. Sub 1 sub end delta. Sub 1 sub end is equal to P delta. Sub 0 sub end by the corollary to proposition 5. Therefore, italic proof, italic end. Long hyphen, we have Q. Sub 1 sub end delta. Sub 1 sub end is equal to P delta. Sub 0 sub end by the corollary to proposition 5. Therefore, 
if you can understand this, essentially what it's doing, it is reading the math correctly. It's also reading the text. I'm going to go ahead now and convert this to Nemeth code. What you have to do is go to the export menu. Open, append, save, save, import, export, pop, menu, latex, HTML, latex. Select latex. Open dialog box. Edit. Latex files asterisk dot text asterisk sample one dot text edit. At least sample one dot tx. It'll again keep the same file name that you had when you open the document in the IML format. Latex save button. Save. Italic proof italic end. Long hyphen we have q. Sub one sub end delta. Sub one sub end is equal to p delta. Output preamble button. Now what happened there is it started reading again. What you didn't see is the fact that immediately another dialog came up where you could customize the latex file because I don't use this code. I'm just going to hit OK and just leave all the defaults as they are. Load latex use and use rep use English article but they for book 10 but would pay restore views unit double call saved as OK but italic proof italic and long husband we have few sub one sub I'm going to go ahead and close this. Menu bar file to navigate press left or right and windows and leaving with all tab this page can be displayed dash into the explorer on this form. Okay, now I'm going to go into a demo version of Duxbury. DDBT 11.1 J, enter. Welcome to DBT dialog, demonstration version, OK button to activate space. Desktop, folder view, list view, DBT, alt tab, alt tab. Title is the Duxbury Braille Translator, the Duxbury Braille, control O. Select document, tab, tab, open tab, can tab, toolbar, desktop, tab, sir tab, next tab, three view, three view, favorites tab, shell folder view, items view, list box, Amazon MP3, S, S system, S sample 1.in, S sample 1.txt. Now we need the sample1.tx document. I'm going to go ahead and hit enter, open this document. Enter the Duxbury Braille Translator import file dialog template extended select list box English left parent American right parent dash standard literary format 35 of 145 to move the items use the arrow keys. Now if you're familiar with Duxbury, whenever you import a document, it will provide a dialog box. You have to choose the Braille translation you want to use. What you need to use anytime you're converting you know, latex into Nimbus code is the English Braille Authority of North America textbook with Nimbus code. So I'm going to go ahead and select that. English left, English left parent American textbook, the right parent dash bottom email. Enter the Duxbury Braille Translator, sample one dot DXP dash dash new print document, edit type of text, page one. Now you have the sample one dot TX, which is in the print version, we're going to hit the control T to translate to Braille. Control T, sample one.txt dash dash new Braille document edit type of text D. Now we have the sample one.bxp, the Braille document. Now, if this was a full version of Duxbury, I could easily convert this to a Braille ready format. But since this is a demo version of Duxbury, what I will do is show you how you could. Still converted to Nimeth code. Top of five, M dash demo inserts these M dash blicks and quote D Masakazu. Susan can prove M dash left half key and underline up. Jaws doesn't know Braille, but I can tell you that the Nimeth code is on screen at the moment. What I'm going to do is select all. E semicolon, J semicolon, top of five, M dash demo, D semicolon, copy selection to clipboard. I did control A, select all, control C. Desktop, full, menu, search. 
Now I just hit the start menu, Windows search for notepad. Now I'm in notepad, paste. Now I'm going to save this file onto my compact flashcard. Close this. What I'm doing is I'm going to copy to the compact flashcard. Now what we're going to do is open a file in my note taker. Now I can tell you while we're doing this that I'm very pleased with Humanware's progress lately on Keysoft version 9.4. have to commend Greg Stilson and his team because if you convert a mass document to Nimitz code using process I just outlined and then you open it in the bro note you should be able to read it. Now obviously the 9.4 firmware hasn't been released but you can still view the demonstration files so conceivably what would happen is you could convert the math into Nimitz code and edit on your pro note and save as a word document which is very exciting so let me go ahead and demonstrate what's going to happen here pro notes on open this Okay, now it's copied. Now here's the important part. Is it a text file? What you need to do is when it says review previous options, when you open up the text file, say yes. Yes. This is a Braille text document, currently text. You need to change it to a Braille document, so I'll press B. Braille. Use Go ahead and leave it as a default for now. It tells you other options. Now, what's going to happen right now is it'll read the text correctly, but not the Nimitz code. So I cannot wait till the 9.4 version of Keysoft comes out because I can tell you right now that the Nimitz code is displayed correctly. Only problem is I'm not sure how to read this advanced level of math. For example, one part of the file says, therefore, it is sufficient to prove open print to closed print equals k greater than or equal to 2. So the Nimitz code is being displayed correctly, and you can prove this for yourself if you wish. All you have to do is go to www.empty.org, select the software link. Select Empty Editor, and then you'll see a link that will give you sample documents, and you'll find a sample one. And if you email me, I would be happy to walk you through the process. My email address is Becky Skipper 
1982 at msn.com. I look forward to hearing your responses and getting feedback and I would encourage you to try the 15 day demos of the products. They work really well for the most part. They work better in earlier versions of Windows in my view, but I will do a separate podcast if there's enough interest and give you more detail about how to use the Chatty Empty. Chatty Empty is the accessible editor. I look forward to demonstrating these files in 9.4 of Keysoft when it's released. So thank you for listening and I welcome your comments and feedback. Hi, I'm Chase Crispin, the executive producer of Main Menu. We are currently looking for listeners who are willing to review any type of accessible technology for us here on Main Menu. If you are interested in doing a review of a product that you own, or an interview with its vendor, then please contact us and let us know what you're interested in doing. Before you begin to record a segment, it is important to contact us so that we can ensure that it hasn't already been covered on our program. To get in contact with us, please send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org and let us know what demonstration or interview you would like to do. Once you have completed your recording, please again send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org and let us know how we might get the file from you and if it will need any further editing. We can get files from you in any method such as SendSpace or Dropbox, any way that works for you. Once we receive your file, we will let you know when it will be aired on Main Menu. Presentations from our listeners are always interesting and well received by the rest of the listeners, so if this interests you, please get in touch with us. Thank you for your interest, and we look forward to hearing from you on the show very soon. you again for being with us today on Main Menu. We always appreciate having you here. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you back again here next week on Main Menu.